Loving Father in heaven, we are grateful to you for giving us the privilege to be among those who are living. We also thank you for even going further by giving us good health, sustaining us with food, giving us the basic necessity of lives, water to drink, our air to breathe. We thank you for security, protection, and the peace we enjoy. Glory, praise, and honor be unto your name now and forevermore. Lord in heaven, we need spiritual blessings. We want to glorify your name on this earth. We want to reflect the character of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We ask, Lord, that you will grant to us the gift of your Holy Spirit also. We pray, Father, that even as we go through our devotion this morning by your grace, you will impress truths on our hearts and give us power from your word. Cleanse us, sanctify us, O Lord. Put your words in our mouth that we may edify all who would listen and hear us. Do this and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling, February 9. The center of my hope. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and i unto the world galatians chapter 6 verse 14 remove the cross from the christian and it is like blotting out the sun which illumines the day and dropping the moon and the stars out of the firmament of the heavens at night the cross of christ brings us nigh to God, reconciling man to God and God to man. The Father looks upon the cross, upon the suffering he has given his Son to endure in order to save the race from hopeless misery and to draw man to himself. He looks upon it with the relenting compassion of a father's love. The cross has been almost lost sight of, but without the cross, there is no connection with the Father, no unity with the Lamb in the midst of the throne in heaven, no welcome reception of the wandering who would return to the forsaken path of righteousness and truth, no hope for the transgressor in the day of judgment. Without the cross, there is no means provided for overcoming the power of our strong foe. Every hope of the race hangs upon the cross. When the sinner reaches the cross and looks upon the one who died to save him, he may rejoice with fullness of joy, for his sins are pardoned. Kneeling at the cross, he has reached the highest place to which man can attain. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ, and the words of pardon are spoken. Leave, O ye guilty sinners, leave. Your repentance is accepted, for I have found a ransom. Through the cross, we learn that 
our Heavenly Father loves us with an infinite and everlasting love and draws us to Him with more than a mother's yearning sympathy for a wayward child. Can we wonder that Paul exclaimed, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is our privilege also to glory in the cross of Calvary, our privilege to give ourselves wholly to him who gave himself for us. Then, with the light of love that shines from his face on us, we shall go forth to reflect it to those in darkness. Amen. The title of our devotion this morning is The Center of My Hope. This devotion is a study on the thing that gives us hope in this present world. Before we talk about the center of our hope, that means there was despair before, there was hopelessness before, and something brings us hope. Something makes us understand that there is something to look forward to, that we have hope in this present world, and that is the cross. But I will say first of all what brings about the hopelessness. From the moment Adam and Eve ate the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, what God said would happen to them happened. He said, In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And as they ate of that fruit, in one sense, they died. Because they lost the ability to grow, to become like their father. And gradually they started to die, and eventually they died. But the death that was promised to them is more like a penalty. We read in Romans 6 verse 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin, that is what sin does to us, is to kill us. It's not that we sin and then God is going to kill us. The wages, when you serve sin, you are paid. You are paid your wages. And the wages of sin, what sin will, will give us as our payment for serving him, for listening to him, is death. But if we serve God, his gift is eternal life. Now, as described in yesterday's devotion, how God could balance it or could achieve this feat, his law is unchangeable and the wages of sin, which is when you go against the law of God, when, which is sin is transgression of the law, the wages is death and nothing God would do to stop that death. But he found a way to be just and at the same time merciful because God is all-powerful. He can stop you from dying. But to do that will mean to break his law, which cannot also be done. You see, it's not why we say God can do everything. There are things that God cannot do. All-powerful does not mean that he can do everything per se. The Bible says God cannot lie. So, all-powerful does not mean 
he can do everything in the sense of he can lie. There are some things God cannot do. He cannot go against his commandments because his commandments is his character. That is impossible. So to, to make man not to die will mean he's going against his character, which is his law, which cannot happen. But we saw what God did. Instead, he came down in the form of a man in sinful flesh. We saw all this in yesterday's devotion. And he died for our sins. In the death of Jesus, which is the God, is Jesus is God. In the death of Jesus on the cross of Calvary for our sins, there God found a way to be a just God and still a justifier of the sinner. Through the death of Jesus, we have hope. We were all sinners and we are going to perish forever, never to live again. But through the death of Jesus, man can have hope. And that is the reason why in this devotion it says, kneeling at the cross, man has reached the highest place to which man can attain. What does that mean? The highest place I can attain or you can attain is that cross. You see, many of us think that, oh, the sky is my limit. And you think that you're achieving something when you are getting your BSc and your master's and your doctorate and then you achieve professor or in the other sense when your business is booming and you're getting money and or in the other sense when you're getting lifted in position not necessarily about certificates now you're getting higher and higher in the echelon of your scientific community or political community and you're thinking that you are achieving something have you ever thought of the fact that you are going to die you're not achieving anything you have not changed the fact that you are going to die. The highest thing man can achieve is to come to the point where he is reflecting the glory of God. And this glory of God can only be reflected at the foot of the cross. The glory of God which will be revealed in us when we believe in Jesus, first of all, transforms us to have the character of God. Secondly, grants to us life eternal. That is the highest point man can reach. The highest point you can reach is not to pass exams, is not to get certificates, is not to marry and have children, is not to rise high in the positions of your work wherever you are working and to be promoted. That is not the highest point. You are not going anywhere if you are doing all that. The highest height man can reach is to reflect the glory of God is to reflect the character of God and consequently have eternal life because once a person can reflect that light which is the glory of God it is inevitable he will have life eternal kneeling it says here when the sinner reaches the cross and looks up to the one who died to save him he may rejoice with fullness of joy for his sins are pardoned kneeling at the cross he has reached the highest place to which man can attain the light of the knowledge of the glory of god is revealed in the face of jesus christ and we read in second corinthians 3 verse 18 for we all with open face beholding us in a glass the glory of god are changed into the same image from glory to glory as by the spirit of god So when we go to the cross, something happens. We receive pardon for our sin. And then the light of the knowledge of the glory of God that is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ shines upon us. And we also reflect that same glory of God. 
and that is the highest height man can reach getting pardon for our sins first of all and then through the cross we learn that our heavenly father loves us with an infinite and everlasting love and draws us to him with more than a mother's yearning sympathy for a wayward child i want to be very clear on this what is it that makes the cross to be the highest height we can reach first of all pardon for our sins which is prerequisite if man must get eternal life and secondly through the cross we receive power power to live a life like that of the of jesus christ that's why it says without the cross there is no means provided for overcoming the power of our strong foe every hope of the race hangs upon the cross it is from the cross we receive pardon for our sins without which we cannot get eternal life and let us say we receive pardon for our sins what good is the pardon if after i receive pardon i still don't have power to live above sin oh i get forgiveness and after getting forgiveness i'm still tomorrow i'll still sin against god again so what was the point in yesterday's forgiveness it doesn't make any sense so the cross does something else than pardon there is power given to us from god when we behold the face of jesus christ when we talk of the cross now it's it's just a symbol to represent the life and death of jesus so when when we're saying the cross the cross it is not just looking at a cross is a real cross you nobody should go and buy a cross now thinking that's what we're talking about the cross being referred to here is the life and the death of jesus this is what gives us hope through the life of jesus we see that we can receive power to live above sin and even in his death we still receive power to live above sin and not only that but through that death when we believe that he is the son of god and believe in jesus we get pardon for our sins that are past and we are told if anyone sin we have an advocate with the father jesus christ the righteous and he is the propitiation for our sin and not for us only and for the whole world also that is 1 john chapter 1 reading verse 1 and 2 so the cross is the center of our hope indeed without the cross there can be no high attainment for man for every earthly attainment we get is nothing if man dies like like solomon said in the book of ecclesiastes chapter 2 now what good is it that he was wise he said when he looked at it that he's going to die like the fool he hated life because in that sense when a wise man with all his achievements and high positions and wealth whatever thing you have if you are going to still die like the fool then you are no different you've achieved nothing all your attainments is nothing in fact that passage can be said about you you are of all men most miserable if it is only in this life that your wisdom can help you if it is only in this life that your wealth and your position can help you then you are of all men most miserable better is he that knows god that's why we read in jeremiah 9 verse 23 let not the wise man glory in his wisdom neither let the mighty man glory in his might let not the rich man glory in his riches but let him that glory glory in this that he understandeth and knoweth me that i am the lord that exerciseth loving kindness judgment and righteousness in the earth for in these things i delight saith the lord that is the only thing we can glory in like paul said god forbid that i should glory save in the cross of our lord jesus christ 
and we also if there's anything we should glory in and when we say glory glory means if there's anything you can say oh this is what makes me feel good about myself this is what makes me happy this is what makes me feel like i am worth something this is what makes me know that i have achieved something that's what it means by glorying if there's anything that should make me know i've achieved something it is the cross and everybody should glory in the cross and god himself said anybody who is glorying in wisdom and might and position and power in this world political whatever i want you are just wasting time you are glorying in something that is nothing because it's not going to help you get life eternal the only thing one can glory in is in the cross because the cross is the center of our hope. When we read in Hebrews 11 verse 1 that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The cross is substance of things hoped for. The cross is evidence of things not seen. Through the cross, we believe strongly that he that died on the cross, Romans chapter 8 verse 31, 32, if God be for us who can be against us, for we reckon he that died, he that sent his son to die on the cross, shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Through the cross, it is an evidence to us that every other promise that God has given to us will certainly be given to us. If he can give up his own life, which is perhaps, I would say, not perhaps, certainly the highest gift he can give, his own life, if he can do that, then I have evidence that he can do every other thing he has promised to do. He can give me pardon for my sins. He can give me power to live above sin. He can give me life eternal. He will also prepare mansions for me. He would also give me a life that is full, like he said, John 10, 10. I have come that they might have life and have life more abundantly the cross is the center when i see the cross i say oh yes every other promise that he has given will certainly be done because this is the highest gift he can give when i see the cross i see certainly he that died is it now going to be difficult for him to pardon me for my sins when i see the cross i say oh certainly if he has died for my sins will he not then help me to live a life that is above sin he certainly will. It is the center of my hope. It is the substance of things I hope for. It is the evidence of things that I have not seen. And everybody can glory in the cross because of what it does for us. Brings pardon for sin and power to overcome and live above sin. I pray that we all shall take advantage of what Jesus has done for us on the cross and not lose this great preparation and blessing that has been kept safe for us. Let us receive what is ours the promise the blessing that god has given to us let it not go to waste on our behalf but let us take advantage of it through the spirit of god in jesus name amen the bible in john 6 verse 37 says that all the father giveth me shall come to me and him that cometh to me i will in no wise cast out that's the promise from Christ himself. He, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. It's a privilege that we have before God. Primarily because, you know, no one recruits people who are unqualified to work for them or to even generally spend their means on them and their time and resources. It's not done you take those who are qualified and then brush them up and then put them 
in service but that's not the way god is seeing us he the bible says that while we were yet sinners he died for us while we were yet without strength he made the attempt to come and take our sorrows our worries god saw that you know i'm just thinking of someone who just gets an apple and at the moment he just wants to eat it the apple turns to ashes it's like being deceived it's like being be, being cast down because what you had in mind was an apple and just put it into your mouth it turns to ashes everything just falls down god saw that the things which we considered like apples in this life will soon turn to ashes just the moment we made the choices to go against his will he knew the end of it and he made an attempt to come to help us first he's saying that he's not going to cast us out if we come to him with our hearts with our hopelessness he's not going to embarrass us or write our sins on the sky he's not going to say i told you i told you he's not going to start smearing our weaknesses and our faults before us say why will you die say to the wicked as long as i live i have no pleasure in the death of the wicked but that he should turn away from his sin why will you die o house of israel that's what the word of the lord says why will you die so god it's a privilege that we have someone who can take us in and clean us up everyone is busy in the world if you can look at it carefully nobody has time to listen to your cares and your worries and your long statements no one has that time but god has the time he endured the pain on calvary he did he took the slap that i should have taken he took the spit that should have been on my face the betrayal that i should have received as the payment or the wages the reward for my sin he took it because he want, he wanted to help me i see love as someone knowing knowing having a full knowledge of someone else's weaknesses someone else's needs and then putting all the effort he or she can to make sure that the person who is in need gets their needs met the popular saying will say a friend in need is a friend indeed jesus saw our need he he understood our weaknesses he he examined us he saw this is what this person is like this one is an angry person this one is an adulterer this one this one spends his money in gambling and drinking this one is a womanizer this one is an alcoholic i mean just by names jesus carefully studied our fallen nature and he said i'm going to step in to rescue this person i'm going to step in to work with this person if only the person if only you will cooperate with me i'll help you that was what god did on our behalf and no one is going to give us this kind of attention which he is given when jesus stepped into the life of paul who was a murderer and a persecutor he turned him around 
when he stepped into the life of Mary Magdalene, who was an adulterer, Jesus turned her life around. We see Paul, who was the self-confident one. We see, we see the sons of thunder, who had uh, anger issues. And thousands and thousands of people, millions of people in times past, who in their different shades of weakness came to Jesus and he turned their cases around. That's what love is. Love is patient. It's kind. It's suffering long. And that's what Jesus did for us. And that's what he's willing to do for those who will commit their lives to him. So, my point really is that Jesus is waiting to take a hold of our cases, no matter how hopeless it looks. He promises that he will not cast us out. He has taken the pains. It's not time for us to start regretting or start uh, wallowing our weaknesses. It's time to give him what he has paid for, which is your life and my life, so that he can do the repair work. And the cross at Calvary was where he paid the price. I pray that the price he has paid will not be in vain. The virtue he wants to give to you and to me, which will not be in vain, will not let him suffer without receiving that which he has paid for, which is our sins, our past, our mistakes, our weaknesses. May God help us. Amen. Here we read, The Father looks upon the cross, upon the suffering he has given his Son to endure in order to save the race from hopeless misery and to draw man to himself. He looks upon it with the relenting compassion of a father's love. Now, in the book of Isaiah 53, there we see that it was the will of God that Jesus die on the cross. The father, people need to understand this, that the father himself is the one who wanted Jesus to die. That day when Jesus was kneeling on the, in Gethsemane and was praying in agony and he prayed to the father, Father, if it is your will, let this cup pass from me, but if not, let your will be done, not mine. The Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah 53, reading from verse 10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. That is, the pleasure of the Father will prosper in Jesus' hand, the Son's hand. It pleased the Father to bruise the Son. The Father is the one who made this sacrifice. That's what he says here. When he has offered his soul as an offering for sin. It was more like the Father symbolically took the Son. What Abraham did with Isaac is what the Father did with Jesus. The Son submitted himself to the Father. And the Father used the life of his Son as a sacrifice for you and me. The cross has been almost lost sight of this wonderful sacrifice. And I would say, you see, when you watch all these movies like Titanic and uh, say, what's the name? Um, Matrix, Matrix, Harry Potter, all those kind of things. Where they use the theme of sacrifice as a very evoking emotional theme to evoke responses in us. You see, they are stealing from reality. Neo in Matrix did not die for anybody. It's just a drama. 
and in Titanic, the same thing, the young man dying for that girl in the river. These are stealing from the real thing. The only person who has made such a sacrifice is Jesus. Many of us watch these movies and start to cry. But how many times have you read your Bible and cried? The real sacrifice that was made for us. You watch Superman and all that and then they save the world and die. Just a drama and some of us cry. But here is the real sacrifice where the father gave his son and used him as an offering for whose sin? Not for the sin of the son because he would not be qualified to be an offering if he was sinful. The reason why Jesus is qualified to be an offering for your sin and my sin is because he had no sin in himself and that's why he could take our place. And this is something that ought to evoke an emotional response to us. Nothing will be wrong if you break off in tears, real tears, and not just let it flow from your eyes, but you actually weep, weep with a noise when you understand what the Father did, when you understand what the Son did. But how many have wept? I'm saying one of the reasons why this thing cannot evoke a response is because we are still watching movies where we look at sacrifices made in just a drama and we cry cry for what for a story that is not real but here is a real story before us that ought to evoke tears from us and not just tears and that's where i'm going to this should not just evoke tears but a response the cross has been almost lost sight of but let it come back to our mind without the cross there is no connection with the father no unity with the Lamb in the midst of the throne in heaven. No welcome reception of the wandering who would return to the forsaken path of righteousness and truth. No hope for the transgressor in the day of judgment. Oh, do you know what this means? We were all on death row. Our sins condemned us. And it is just, we are just waiting for the day of execution. If you go to the prison, you have people on death row. In other words, their case has been decided in court that they are going to die. A day of execution has been set for them. That is our condition without the cross. We are condemned already and we are just waiting for our execution date. But Jesus says, hold on. The Father says, hold on. We are going to do something about it. We will revisit this case and take it back to court. And then when it is taken back to court, what happens? Nothing can be done. The wages of sin is death. But what does God do to resolve this matter? Even though the verdict has been given that the sinner must die, God says, no problem, he must die, yes, but it will not be him. I will take his place. We are not going to change the law. We are not going to say, oh, we just pardon him. But we will do something really, really strong. And that is, instead of him dying, I will die. What other movie of sacrifice do you need to evoke a response you see my final statement would be if you understand what god has done for us if you are touched with the sacrifice that god has made then i get specific now you shouldn't murmur you shouldn't complain you shouldn't see it as a drudgery when god says that you should do this or do that when you understand also that the things he's asking you to do is to make sure that this sacrifice he has made will not be in vain look if you know the commandments of god that you ought not to steal 
you ought not to deceive you ought not to covet you ought not to kill or commit adultery not even to think of a lady lustfully or a man lustfully in your mind you ought not to break the sabbath you shouldn't have other gods you shouldn't dress provocatively you shouldn't do things that the word of god said you should not do if you know these things and refuse to do them do you know what you're doing you are saying i want the blood of jesus to waste on my behalf i don't care about his sacrifice you know what the cross is not enough to save you in the sense of you not cooperating it is enough because it can give you power yes it is enough because it can pardon you but if you do not receive that power to live above the com- above sin and to keep the commandments of god then you are making the sacrifice of jesus to be a waste on your behalf if you are touched with what christ has done and you do not want it to be a waste then it shouldn't be something much for you to submit to his desires the reason christ is saying do this and do that is because he doesn't want his blood to be a waste and he wants you to have life because you cannot have life just by saying no christ died for me and that's all no there must be a reception of the power that comes from that cross the cross is not just a place you say oh lord pardon me oh he pardoned me no that's not what it is the cross is a place you receive power power to live above sin and if you are not receiving the power you are making the cross to be of non-effect so let us receive that power and make the sacrifice of jesus not to be a waste not to be in vain that is my plea to us i pray that we all would walk in that line through christ and through his power amen Through the cross, we learn that our Heavenly Father loves us with an infinite and everlasting love and draws us to Him with more than a mother's yearning sympathies for a wayward child. In Acts of the Apostles 208, it says, We preach not ourselves, Paul speaking. He declared in the later years of his experience, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness had shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ he was preaching the cross when he was converted he was against that cross when he was led by the spirit and saw the beauty and the hope and the glory of the cross he moved from place to place telling men to turn to the uplifted savior in councils of the church says remember that it was your sins that made the cross necessary testimonies to the for the church 109 it was our sins that made the cross necessary but sometimes you hear the story that jesus died on the cross and it's possible that even though we hear the story and read the scriptures we do not even see that way we do not see the glory and i'll read again from acts of the apostles 107 say philip was directed to go to the ethiopian and explain to him the prophecy that he was reading go near the spirit says and join thyself to this chariot as philip draw near he asked the eunuch understandest thou what thou readest and he said how can i except some man 
should guide me. There are many who are reading the scriptures who cannot understand their true import. All over the world men and women are looking wishfully to heaven. Prayers and tears and inquiries go up from souls longing for light, for grace, for the Holy Spirit. Many are on the verge of the kingdom, waiting only to be gathered in. Through the cross we learn that the Heavenly Father loves us with a love that is infinite. Can we wonder that Paul exclaimed, God forbid that I should glory, saving the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 6 verse 14 It is our privilege also to glory in the cross, our privilege to give ourselves wholly to him who gave himself for us. Then, with the light that streams from Calvary shining in our faces, we go forth to reveal this light to those in darkness. Acts of the Apostles 209. Remember the story of Moses when he went on up into the mountain and stayed with God and then when he came down, the people could not look at his face. They saw him shining. It was the communion, the time spent with God that he came to reveal. So to reveal to the world the power of the gospel, the glory of the cross, we ourselves must first lay down at the feet of the cross and receive from Christ. Behold him crucified, look upon the uplifted Savior, and we believe that his death has enough power to revive us from the lethargy and from the an indifference and coldness we show towards the love that the father had bestowed upon us look at jesus dying on the cross and then such scene that sparked um, conversations all over israel that day and the next day and the third day so much so that even the the men moving towards Emmaus were talking about it and they said to jesus are you a stranger are thou a stranger in israel and you you've not heard these things that happened these days so everybody was talking about it, even the Ethiopian eunuch. I think that's why he bought the scroll that, that he was reading from, because the news was too, it was prominent. Everybody was talking about the dead. And he died, not because he had any sin. He did not sin, but it, his only crime was love. And so such incident caused the whole of everybody to be talking. And then, and then for the believer now who understands these things, even today, we are called to behold him and glory in the cross so that the world will see that there is an attraction. We must point the world to an uplifted Savior. Amen. From the Bible passage in Galatians 6.14 but God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. This is written by Paul the Apostle, the one who was once a Pharisee, a lawyer, with so much to account for when it pertains to the things of this life. He had so much. But 
because he understood too that without Christ there is no hope then as he said he, he counted all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus so if, in fact the reading has fully taught us that whatever we are doing in this life, whatever is the essence of we existing, if it is not for Christ, then there is no hope. There is no hope for another better way to live life. So let us look at our hope, which is Christ. Christ is the center of all hope. Like we, we, we read uh, two days back, you know, the hope of Christ coming, it's not for the believers but both the unbelievers. So it's a sad thing that those who do not know God, they are living a life without hope, the hope of living life because this is not life itself, it's going to end anytime soon, whether by death, whether by Christ coming. It's going to end anyhow. So it's a privilege for everyone who has come to know Christ. That in Christ there is hope. And so let us not remove Christ from our lives. And cling to the, the, the present things of this world. Of course it is Satan's aim to create an artificial atmosphere. By the things we see, the, the pleasures and everything to make us feel comfortable. To make us forget about Christ, who is life himself. So let us hold fast to the hope which we have, lest it slips from us. And day by day, every moment, we should study God's word. We should watch and pray so that these things will not leave us. Because there are many which the Bible has taught us, many great men whom why they were following god because at one moment or the other they were distracted they left god and they never came back an example is king saul but let us ever be humble and follow god at every way at every step in our life so that we will not lose that hope that hope which is greater than any other anything worldly any other thing that we man are so much put in a high esteem nothing can be compared to the hope we have in god let us pray loving father in heaven we are really grateful to you for bringing these teachings and these words to our minds today we thank you lord for reminding us of the cross which indeed has been forgotten by many we thank you for sending your son to die on the cross of calvary for our sins we pray, Lord, that every benefit that comes from this act will be ours. Pardon of sin and power to live above sin and eternal life and joy forevermore is all hanging on that cross and we understand this. We know our response and what it ought to be, but we pray, Lord, that you continue to teach us to submit to you. We pray, Lord, that you continue to teach us to live a life that is glorifying you. Today is another day and we pray, Lord, that you would give to us that power that comes from that death of Jesus, that power that breaks the chain that connects us to sin and to Satan. I pray, Lord, 
that you will give us that power today and give us power to resist every temptation, power to live for Christ, and power to reflect the glory of God in all that we do, say, and think. For all who are listening, I pray, Lord, that you do the same for them. If there's someone who has not yet been impressed deeply with this love, even we have not been deeply impressed with it, we pray, Lord, that this message, this act of Jesus dying on the cross shall be more deeply impressed in our hearts to the point that we'll feel it, not just know it, but feel the emotion and respond the way we ought to. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering in Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Burns away 
led by Calvary's love, becomes a Sins atone, 